Welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, an honest and fun body positive podcast by me, Anne-Marie Miles. Are you struggling with your weight? Do you wish that you didn't think about food so often? Are there days when you'd wrestle a toasted sandwich off an alligator? Well then, this might just be the podcast for you. I share my story, a lifelong battle with weight, food and mental health struggles. I share it alongside some of my writing on the subject and some of the wisdom I've gleaned from my life as a Christian. So join me for this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Hello there and welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Great to have you with me for this week's episode. Hope you are all well and have had a good week. I was pretty happy to stand on the scale, having lost three pound of the Christmas weight. Only a little bit, but it's in the right direction. Not done as much walking as I would have liked to this week, but I'm definitely getting back into my stride. Pardon the pun. So how are you doing? How are you feeling about this coming up to the middle of the first month of the year? You feel you're back into it yet? You feel you got rid of all the chockies and all the extra bits and pieces from the festive season? You know, I was thinking if you wanted to, you feel free to send me a private message on social media. If you want to chat about anything, I, I've said it before. I'm not an expert. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counsellor or a coach, but I am very adept in emptying the biscuit tin and feeling rotten afterwards. So, well, I used to be. I'm a little bit out of practice on that, which is good. But I am happy to hear from anyone who is struggling and needs just a bit of one to one chat. Happy to do that. Come on, you can do it. We can do this. But today uh, we're going to talk about a slightly different topic, which kind of more connects with the mental health wobbles. And we're going to talk a little bit about time. I was at this workshop yesterday. It was really, really interesting. And, And the subject that we discussed was time and not just how we use it, what we think about our time, how we feel about the time that we have and the use of our time. The first exercise, we were to split our day up into how many hours we spent on different activities. So including sleep, how many hours you spent in the car driving, being at work, scrolling on Facebook, doing housework, doing exercise, planning stuff or managing a business, you know, writing lists, doing shopping, doing the school run, cooking, housework, everything. So we were to fill in this circle, which had all different kind of pizza slices, as it were, different segments. And we were to fill in how many hours that we spent on different things. So I filled out the sheet and at the end of it, I counted up all the hours and there were eight hours unaccounted for. Now, I included sleep in this and there were eight hours. I only had 16 hours when I counted everything up and I was thinking... Hang on a second. So then I added in stuff I don't do every day, uh, certain meetings and stuff that I go to. And still at the end of it, when I added all of those things that I don't do all the time, including mealtimes and breaks that I take from the computer screen and all that, I still had four hours unaccounted for. Now, I would have said that every moment of my day was full. 
that every minute was accounted for. And if I'm not eating or sleeping, I'm chasing my tail. But it turns out there are also a large number of minutes where I'm either unconscious or in some altered state. I couldn't understand, like maybe a few minutes here and there, scratching my chin, waiting for the kettle to boil, trying to work out if the dirt on the window was on the inside or the outside or whether finding the beginning of a roll of sellotape does actually constitute exercise. You know, the the important things that we need to work out in life. But four hours? I mean, where is it? Where did it go? And if I find it, does that mean I get 28 hours tomorrow? How I divided up my time and how I account for my time really, really surprised me. And it's something that I want to go back and look at and see, was I actually being honest with myself? Did I need to look at that a little bit more and really examine what am I doing with my day? And she's not saying that we should be doing something with every minute of every day. What she was saying was we should, we need to look at how we are using our time because I mean, one of the complaints that I hear from a lot of people is that there isn't enough hours in the day. Well, there certainly isn't enough hours in my day because I've only got 20 um, because four, four of them are missing. But anyway, um, the the other thing that she did, which I just thought was fascinating, was she showed us two photographs. OK, so the first photograph had two halves. And on one half, though, it was like two larders, you know, like food cupboards. One, all the shelves were empty. There was nothing on any of the shelves. And on the other one, it was absolutely crammed with stuff, tins, packets, stuffed in higgledy-piggledy on the shelves just jammers not not a a space to be found and I looked at that picture and I said that's it that is how I see time I believe either some people have loads of it or none of it some people have lots of space lots of empty shelves where their options are endless where they've got time and space to think about things and to decide where things go and what should be at the front and what should be at the back of their priority list the packed shelves that certainly reflected more of what I was used to. Everything stuffed in and not even room for a bus ticket in between two of the things. And and no order from what it looked like, no order. And certainly up until probably a couple of years ago, that is the way I felt I that I was living. But I didn't want the larder with the empty shelves either. I didn't want those empty spaces. And uh, I was thinking, uh, there's got to be something else. And of course, there was a second picture for her to show us. And in the second picture, it was kind of like the wall of an art gallery where each painting represented a task or or an item on our to-do list. You know, everything from sleeping to shopping to messing around on Facebook to school run or whatever. Some of those images were already on the wall as if they were already fixed. Certain things we do in life are fixed. There are certain things that happen on certain days at certain times. The picture showed somebody kind of choosing where to put the other items on this wall and leaving space part of the picture you see like a row of these paintings on the wall and this space above them and beside them and beneath them and I was like yeah that's the way I want to live my life that's the way I want to use my time where yes there are fixed moments the kids have to be in school by a certain time church is always Sunday at 11 for me but around that above it and below it and either side of it can I create space before the next thing is placed. And that is what I've been trying to do. I suppose I've been really, really taking control of my diary and control of my time for the last 
probably six or eight months where I've been looking at my diary. I've been making sure that there's space, making sure that there isn't too much crammed in. I mean, obviously with lockdown, we haven't been able to go very far, but it has created an awful lot of Zoom meetings. And and there was a, a stage where I just felt I went from one Zoom meeting to the next, to the next, to the next. And just that Zoom fatigue. But I have taken control of my diary and I'm really careful about my time, careful about the hours that I do, the volunteer work that I do, careful about the the few hours a week that I do, the paid work that I do. I've got to bring in church meetings and responsibilities into that mix. And then, you know, there's meal times and uh, family and all the different things. But I'm very careful about how I use my diary. That's the life that I want. I want that second image life where there are things fixed at a certain point and that there is space around those. And then the other things in life, the other responsibilities in life can be put in place. But in relation to this, the workshop leader brought up something that I found really interesting. She brought up kind of a psychological analysis tool called transactional analysis. Like I say, I'm not a professional, so this is very much layman's terms. But from what I understood, understood of what she was saying, there's two people in a conversation. And when person A says something to person B, it's how that person receives what's being said to them and how it makes them feel and what what message they think is being relayed to them. And that generates a certain response that affects how they answer what has been said to them. Okay, so you've got person A says, gosh, are you still working on that project? I thought you might have been finished that by now. Say there's no malice and there's no agenda in what person A says. It depends on the type of personality Different people will take that statement in different ways. Some people won't be affected by it at all and will say, oh, yeah, gosh, took me out. I had to redo a whole section of it or whatever. Or somebody else might feel mortally wounded and they might feel that their whole professional ability is being questioned. So this transactional analysis is just about how how we receive or perceive messages from from other people. Our workshop leader said this can have a huge effect on how we view our time. Sometimes we feel that we have to hurry up, that, you know, we've we've had an upbringing where our parents just wanted us to, to move a bit quicker and get things finished, get, you know, make, finish your dinner, go and get your homework done, get the dishes done, you know, brush your teeth, go to bed and everything had to be done by a certain time. And ingrained in that then becomes this kind of hurry up transaction in your head. Whereas anybody who is, it feels like they're commenting on your performance or your attitude is actually saying, hurry up, please. Um, Or for instance, if you are really, really busy and you've got too much to do and somebody comes along and says, oh gosh, can you please, could you just take on this other project or could you take on this other job? And if you've got the please others transaction, in your head, if you if you've been brought up and you've got that thing where you you're a people pleaser and you can't say no to anyone, that affects your time. That affects how you use your time. Where you've you've set a time where you're going to leave for work. Now you have to do this extra job for somebody because you cannot bring yourself to say no, and you're going to have to get up earlier and leave earlier, and all of these things affect your time. And I was really blown away by this because I think I was a 
please others person. I think I've always been one of those people. And I think it's one of the things that drove me to being absolutely just unable to to cope. I could not say no to anybody. And what I didn't realise, which is something that I've learned only in the last year or so, that every time you say yes to somebody else, and I've probably said this before, but when you say yes to somebody else, and really that should not have been the answer, what you're actually doing is saying no to yourself. And the benefit of looking at time like this kind of pizza with all the different triangles in it, all the different pizza slices in it, is that if you made one bigger, then automatically the one beside it gets smaller. There is only a certain amount of time. So if we were to look at time, our 24 hours, like a pizza with slices in it, and if you've got all of your hours divvied up and suddenly, because you're a people pleaser and you can't say no, a job that usually would take you an hour now takes you two hours. You've got to take that other hour out of something else. You absolutely have to take that hour out of something else. And if you are somebody who's always felt that they must get something done, then what you're doing is that you're you're rushing through your day and rushing through your life and you're just going at a pace that's just not natural. So you've got the try harder, hurry up, be strong, be perfect, please others. And they feed in. This is what the workshop was telling us, that they feed directly into how we spend our time. So two things for me that came out of it and I really thought that it would be good to share them to get us thinking about how we use our our time and one is think about time like that circle like that pizza and that if you say yes to something and really you don't want to do it or you can't do it or you know you shouldn't do it you're saying no to something else if you add something to a slice of that pizza if you make one of those triangles bigger the next triangle has to be smaller it has to be There is no, there's no room. There's no room for expansion in the pizza unless you break it all up and tear it apart, (laughs) which is what I think I did. But the other thing is that if we need to think about how we view and how we kind of interpret what people are saying to us and be careful that it doesn't make, make an impact on how we use our time. If we have a tendency to be people pleasers, if we have a tendency to feel like we need to rush to the end to get something done really quickly, if we have a tendency of perfectionism, because somewhere in our childhood it was drilled into us that everything had to be perfect. And if it wasn't perfect, you have to go and do it again or you have to spend ages and ages and ages on one thing and do it absolutely 100 percent right before you can move on to the next thing. It's absolutely exhausting. It's exhausting and I don't think that we were meant, I'm sure we weren't meant to live like that. And time is such a, it's such a precious thing, isn't it? Because once it's gone, it's gone. Like the, the 10 or 15 minutes that I've been talking, you literally are never going to get those 15 minutes. That's 15 minutes you're like, you're never going to get back. But you know what I mean? You don't. I mean, I know it's we laugh about it, but you won't. You there, you know, even the, the most enjoyable 15 minutes of your life, you don't get that back either. You don't get any of it back. It's all once it's gone, it's gone. So we need to really make sure that we use our time to the best of our ability and get the fullest out of it. And getting the fullest out of our time does not mean stuffing things into it till they're crammed like those larder shelves. 
getting the most out of our time is doing what benefits us. And if we need space in between activities and if we need space in between jobs and tasks and all of that, let's create that space. I am I'm so protective of my diary these days. I'm so protective of it. I, I don't want to end up just people pleasing all the time. Um, uh, and I've had to learn to say no to people to protect, protect my time. So those are just two things that I wanted to share that I just found really, really helpful and really, really beneficial to me. Um, and they it gave me confidence to think, you know, something I'm on the right track here. I'm on the right. Because, you know, sometimes you doubt yourself. Go, oh, I shouldn't have said no or, oh, they needed someone to do that. And I didn't offer. I should have offered. Why didn't I offer? And and this session we had today made me think, no, Amory, you're on the right track. Be careful of your time. Be protective of it. Use it well. Use it wisely and use it. And yes, give some of it, which I do and I want to do. But make sure that you remember that if you put something in to your diary and it's already pretty full, something has to come out. You cannot do everything all the time. And the second thing is, do you tend to be a people pleaser? Do you tend to be somebody who has that hurry up voice or that be perfect voice in your head? That will affect how you use your time. And I think just being aware of it, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying we can change it or maybe we can with a, with a whole truckload of therapy. Maybe we can't. But I think even being aware of it will make us a little more aware of our time and the preciousness of that time. I hope that has helped. I'd love to hear from you if any of that resonates with you at all. So it's time for... What is that about? Yes, indeed. <laughs> what is that about? Well, the other part of my life is I, I do some work in social media. I do some social media management for people and I also do some volunteering looking after social media pages. And I also help people, you know, to get to grips with their tech. So if you're interested in finding out more about that, look for Sunflower Tech Wales. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, But anyway, th that's a by the by. Really, what is annoying me at the moment is people who connect with me on social media and say, oh, yeah, you know, your business looks interesting or your podcast looks, looks interesting. Do you want to connect? I do this, I do that. And I go, yeah, yeah, it looks like, you, you know, what you do is quite interesting too. And we connect and then almost immediately I'll get a message and they'll be offering their services. You know, we do this, we do website SEO or we, we can help you get more followers or we can help you get more listeners to your podcast or we can help you get more business. to. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. I connected with you because you suggested we had a mutual interest in each other's business and each other's ventures. But actually, what I am to you is a potential customer. I know businesses need to do business and uh, they need to find customers like I do with Sunflower Tech. But can we not actually interact on the basis by which you contacted me? It just really, it just really irks me. I'm irked. 
I do like that word. I've used that word before, haven't I? I'm irked by it. The same on Instagram. You get people who follow you. And I think, yeah, they look quite interesting. Follow them back and bang, immediately there's a, a message. I could do this for you. I could do that for you. Or do you want this service? You know, maybe it works. And I presume it must work to some degree or people wouldn't do it. It will not sell to me. I will not buy from you. In fact, quite often I will disconnect then from people who just immediately try to sell me something. Uh, I think social media can be a great space for just networking and contacting and and yes, building your customer base and building your follower base. I, I don't see any problem with that. What I do see the problem is, is pretending to be interested in me as a practitioner of these things. But actually, really, all you see me as is a customer. That really annoys me. Anyway, there's my irk for I'm I'm in I'm in total social media mode this week because I'm doing two courses. I'm doing a course on Pinterest and I'm doing a course on LinkedIn this week. So I'm in total social media mode this week. That's my bugbear at the moment. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope I didn't totally confuse you today. I I really hope that you were able to pull something out of it that really helped you to clarify about how you use your time. If I would love to hear from you, uh, you can go to annemariemiles.co.uk if you want to sign up for the mail mailing list. If you want to buy me a coffee, thank you so much for those who bought me a coffee this week. That was really lovely. All at annemariemiles.co.uk. And I look forward to being back with you next week. Bye bye.